I promise you that this is important. And you can come at it whatever angle you want to come at it, depending on what you believe, what you think. And I look forward to the things that are ahead with gladness, actually. I am excited for the things ahead because I don't see the end of the world. I see the return of, of my Savior. It can be a cool experience for you. Um, I'd say just to say it as basically as I can, if you really approach this thoughtfully or prayerfully and you just take it rather than a list, you take it maybe kind of category at a time. Think about it as a family. You counsel together. What do we feel we should do? And you take a step and just watch what happens. I said this a little bit before, but watch the promptings, watch the guidance happen for the next step. It, it was an amazing experience for our family and for our community, and I promise it will be that for you. It really helps you to not have that fear and to see things ahead with, uh, like I said, with, with optimism. And welcome to We Are The People Radio. This is your host, Jason Preston. And as usual, my lovely bride, Alexia Preston, was shaking, baby. <laughs> Nothing. Actually. Uh, actually what? We'll, we'll find out today. Lots shaking. Yeah. It's time to get prepared. It is time to get prepared. Yeah. The storm is always coming, right? The storm That's is That's one brewing. of the things I love about Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson... You know, one of the things he talks about, he says the flood is always coming. There's, there's always, you know, there's, we, there's always, um, it is a reality that there is always something that analogy of the flood is always happening. There's always something coming and, and either we can choose to be prepared and, or we can choose to have our head in the sand and, and, uh, ignore it. And then when that catastrophe hits, we're in trouble. You so, know, my yeah. favorite meme was within the last few years, it was talking about Noah being the original conspiracy theorists. Ooh, he was. He was a good one. And still, in, until it started raining. That's true. And That's true. And one of the other three reasons why we wanted to do this show, with a lot of reasons, but um, recently we had that article that came out about uh, all the uh, senders that got satellite phones. And, uh, you know, that was we thought that was pretty interesting. Why are they giving all these senders satellite phones? What are they preparing them for that the rest of us don't know? But, you know, regardless of what's going on, and there's always – you know, this theory and that theory, and you never know what's actually really going to happen, but it is important. I think it is very clear we live in times where to not be prepared is not a good idea. So we have an incredible show that's coming today. We've got uh, two incredible guests, uh, absolutely incredible guests, so we're excited for that. But first off, make sure you're following us on uh, Rumble, We Are The People UT. All of our social media is We Are The People UT. So all the podcasts, I mean, we're all in all the major podcast stations, Rumble, and then uh, Instagram too, uh, We Are The People UT. The only thing that's different is YouTube, which is We Are The People Radio. So make sure you're following us. And without uh, further ado, Alexia, why don't you introduce our guests? Oh, so so many great ones today. I'll start with Matt Jepson. Uh, Matt Jepson. That's been with us many times. Yes. He's a pro. Yes. He's seasoned. Becoming a regular. An oldie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Golden oldie. Uh, Matt Jepson is here with us in his pers personal capacity, uh, but his daytime job is an attorney for the U.S. Department of the Interior, whereas assistant regional solicitor for the Intermountain region, he supervises a team of attorneys who advise multiple federal agencies on domestic water and land issues for the United States. In his personal life, Matt is an addicted fly fisherman, wildlife chaser, and outdoor adventurer. He's also a snake expert. 
you ever have snake problems. If you ever got snakes and catch a snake and you want to know what kind it is, call up Matt and he'll be a, he'll, he can, he, he's, yeah. he's a snake pro. Just don't come with the spiders. I can't stand spiders. I, he and his incredible wife, Jamie, I added that one. That's she is good, incredible. Have very accurate. three teenage boys and live in Traverse Mountain area of Lehigh. And welcome back, Matt. Thank you. Good to be here. Good to have you back. And second. He's, he's been highly requested. Yes. Oh, no. Like every every time we have a show, because we always, and, and you guys already know now, we hit the surprise, I like, we got him. But every time we have a show, we never have enough time to really get into all the real scenarios. It's always, we always talk about something happening, and then here's, you know, 20 minutes to talk about how to prepare, and, and everyone's like, we needed more of that. So today we're really going to dig in and make sure this show you can dig in and really use as a resource to make sure you're prepared. So, and we'll awesome. put everything in the show notes because you always come with great resources and suggestions. So, too much stuff to do. Yeah, there's there's always more, right? But I try to make it as simple as possible. Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome. And second, save save. No. Yeah, the best <laughs> for sure. We have uh, Brandon Carter from uh, Mint Solar. He has been CEO of Mint since 2006. 2016. 16. You were oh. off by 10, but you got the six right. My math is terrible. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> you have four boys, so full-time job right there. That's right. Yeah, and and incredible patriot. So thank you for joining us and, and teaching us a little bit more about Mint. Happy to be here. And uh, this show was brought to you by Mint Solar. So, cool. you know, Brent, Brent honestly, I got to say this. Um, Everyone who's seen our old shows know that we were down in the basement. That's where we used to do those shows with in you. In the dungeon. In the dungeon. The lighting was terrible. You know, the sound was horrible. The I ceiling looked, fell on I Chelsea and I. purple. The ceiling. We <laughs> wow. literally, we literally have, there is one. a video where literally the wall falls down on us. <laughs> it was Chelsea <laughs> it and was I. pretty awesome. It was the original. But uh, Brandon is what, you know, actually was uh, following us on Instagram. And uh, it was the time when, like, things were, like, unwinding over there and like we're it was like on the verge of like do we just shut this thing down or do we keep going and uh, brandon gets hold of us and is like hey do you guys uh, do advertisers and we're like uh maybe we can keep this thing going only for patriots though <laughs> yes so <laughs> not so, for target and, not for and, bud light and what's cool is brandon actually had seen the show uh with with you and so he reached out and uh anyway so thank you brandon so because of you here we are in this awesome studio we've had and that really things have taken off since then so yeah we have he, he is the og we have some incredible sponsors so thank you yes. to, to mint and also to our other sponsors because without you it wouldn't be possible so welcome to the show thank you very much we're glad and, to have you and viewers like you yes, yes. so tell us how you got in, tell us how you <laughs> end up in, in solar and uh yeah let's start with that I, what I should have done is sent in a bio. <laughs> <laughs> I just made it up as we went along. We don't even know if you have four boys. Just say, look, this is Brandon Extraordinaire. I'll, do, I'll be really quick. Um, yeah, born and raised right here, Provo. And um, went to BYU, never finished. Someday I'll go back and finish. I don't know that you really need you to. You don't I, need to. I, went I mean, if you go to there now, you could you would probably end up being really being educated well on pronouns and uh, yeah. things, things of that nature. I watched that video. Too. Genderless Jesus. I, that. <laughs> <laughs> I went through the construction management program, um, got my real estate license when I was there. That sort of put me through school until I started buying some real estate and realized I shouldn't be in school anymore. But that's what got me into construction. I've I've always been an entrepreneur, me and my wife. The day we got home from our honeymoon, knocked doors for our own startup company. That's awesome. Sounds just like our honeymoon. And so it's a 
Really? (laughs) (laughs) For another show. (laughs) Um, But what got me into solar is, uh, and I told you earlier, I feel like I can say this. I am a, I am a contractor. I hate contractors. I like, I think most people do. And I was looking at uh, solar and I just thought I can do that better than other people. And I think we've, done that the past seven years we've done been the top rated through the non-paid for rating services right right pretty much every year since we started and it's because we just have a group of guys that actually care about what we do we don't have any commission sales guys we have two guys that sell for us that are just on salary and so not trying to push thing we're just trying to educate people and do good good work on their home so i love it that's it what were you doing i was nothing (laughs) <laughs> she was she was straightening you. I'm all talking over here. I feel someone like uh-huh. t- tag tugging on me. I'm like, am I is I missing a cue here? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we are we're, we're glad to have you and uh, and yeah, we're we're super happy, glad I've met because the thing and we're going to get into today is is in fact we're, I'm going to turn over to Matt and Matt's going to drive this because um, <clears throat> the flood is coming. What that looks like, we don't know. I mean, we lived in Florida. And when we were living in Florida, I mean, there was hur- there, you know hurricanes are a regular thing, we'll and and the, and the, there's a, it's just in Florida, it's just common sense to be prepared. It's common sense to have preparedness. And in Utah, I think I think most places in the country, it's people are more thinking, hey, I need to be prepared. It used to be, oh, it's you know crazy people who are doing two years of food storage and two years, but I think most people now are saying, you know what, we need to make sure we're prepared. I mean, COVID showed us there's just so many ways, so many storms, so many things that could happen. So. Uh, and and if you do not have power, you are out of luck. You have to have power. Uh, so, Matt, I want to turn it over to you, and then we're going to have a discussion. We'll talk about solar. We'll talk about how these things integrate. But, uh, Matt, as you, um, you know, as you look out in the horizon, what, what is sitting heaviest with you? Like, what are your biggest concerns right now? And, and then let's, let's get into how do we prepare? Yeah. How, how should our viewers be prepared? So, you know, it's funny you mentioned the, you know, the, the, the crazy or indirectly, at least the crazy preppers that think, you know, I've got to have all this stuff and have, there, there's been that, you know, for, for a long, long time, there've been folks who have just gone nuts with preparation. Um, at the outset, I'll just say, and I, I think I've said this before, but um, that, that's not me at all. I, I historically, you know, uh, years ago in my life, I had no interest in preparation. My mindset always was, I know how to live in the wild. Yeah. <laughs> if something happened here, i just get out of here and I'd, I'd get up in the mountains with my family. My mom would try to help us get prepared and I just, it just didn't stick. But um, for me, this has been an interesting journey uh, over the last just about now three years, about two and a half years, um, that for me was actually a spiritual journey. I had really strong promptings that I needed to do some things for my family. And, um, and so I'm, what I am is a nerdy researcher, right? We're both nerds in different ways. Um, I just, when I start something, I go, I dive in, right? And so I'm like, I'm not going to do something that forces me to make this a lifestyle and have to cycle things every two years and keep on doing stuff, doing stuff. It's going to be an event for me. I'm going to get stuff set and I'm going to move on. And, you know, I'll just have that peace of mind for me, respond to a call that I felt that I needed to do. Um, and so I started looking at stuff and I kind of took it 
starting with food. And I looked at food and I thought, okay, this is the most common category. People start there and they kind of, lots of times, at some point along the way, they get discouraged because something doesn't seem like it's going to work. Like, and, and, and lots of times it happens with water. It can happen with fuel, though, too, um, uh, that power element. But with food, we often think of that being the most straightforward. And, and um, you think, well, you just, how long is the biggest question? You know, and, the, and then what lasts the longest? And, what, and then, you know, what is the best nutrition? So I went through this, and I won't I won't dive all the way through my experience, but I, I started just having kind of I just had promptings about what I needed to do in terms of how long should I have things uh, prepared, and I and I felt like a, a year. Um, and we'll talk more about food today, but then I moved on to the next thing, and and it was water. And then I was like, I can't store a year supply of water in my basement. Just no way. Like I that's, and so I was at a dead end, and that led for me to, you know. A, approaching it prayerfully and um, and getting some pretty interesting answers that then I did implement it for our family and then I was pulled into our community our church community at a local level and then I was pulled into a church community at a larger level and um, and now this stuff has gone a lot of different places and I I don't take credit for any of it um, anything that is good in it was given to me by divine sources and I that might sound strange to people but it's true um, it's been a really cool experience. So, so when we look at what's coming, you know, initially I didn't know, I just felt like, I, I mean, it was like, I think in a way, you know, you think of Noah and he was just told to just start doing something. <laughs> I am sure he couldn't fathom how would this really come down? How would it really happen? And that was me, uh, especially at the outset. But as we started preparing some things, you know, I had questions about how to prepare and those gave me some answers to what might happen because if I'm prompted to prepare in this way and that way and for this duration, what would the, what would the things be that occurred that would last this long, you know, would, would uh, lead to that? So I don't know exactly what is going to happen. What I do know, um, in part believe but in part know, is that where I live at least, there will be a long period of time without power. There'll be something that causes a long period of time without power. And when, when you look at just disaster preparedness, generally, you're supposed to look at what's most likely in your area, right? And so if you were to do that where we live, you think first of the natural, and that's an earthquake. We're way overdue. And that's right. something that I really wanted to like, what does that really mean, overdue? But it really is true. And it's between a 6.5 and a 7.5 earthquake that uh, is going to happen here um, pretty certainly uh, on that main fault line. And there's one right now in Mexico that's pretty much imminent. And usually when one volcano goes off, isn't it like a domino effect? Yeah, so 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 you have volcanoes, right? We don't have to worry about volcanoes themselves here. We have the earthquake to worry about. But with with um, Mexico and what's happening there, that they're one level below their red, you know, their highest alert. Um, and that would have lasting... and broad effects in a lot of different places if that goes off uh, that that uh, volcano there and it could have it could have effects on on the plates I think it mostly would have effects um, atmospherically and economically aside from just the local effects down there for us with an earthquake um, you know between a 6.5 and a 7.5 it's it's devastating here like homes are built here in a way that 
won't have a lot of we don't have a lot of unreinforced um, concrete here so there are some older things that's the collapse kind of stuff like we saw in turkey you know just devastating there when was the last time utah has had a significant earthquake I don't, have we really had a significant one not in not in uh not since it's been settled um so we're 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 if you look at averages we're we're years and years overdue. And, and so in the next 50 years, they say there's greater than a 50% chance of, of one of the, an earthquake Big happening. One. And that's, that's, those are high statistics for earthquakes. Like that, you know, you always try to calibrate, what does that really mean? Um, that's really high. Like we really are overdue and, and it would be in that range. And just for some, some context, so Christchurch, New Zealand, right, had a 6.3 earthquake. They were without power for, for 10 months. Jeez. You don't realize how, like, you have something like that happen. Uh, and that's not a third world country. That's not, you know, and they had readily, you know, they're not far from from uh, from uh, Australia, Australia. And they have, you know, had everyone was in good shape. So you think of the earthquake and how long it takes to, you know, just think of when one, you have one water break, one, one line gas break, how long it takes them to come out and try to fix that. It would just be everywhere, all over the place, and everything would be would be down for months. And that's what they tell us. That's what that's what the uh, the state tells us. Expect months. Um, there have been several things that have come out on that. So you think, okay, well, that tells me if that were to occur, I should be prepared for months without services. Okay. Now let's look at at uh, human caused, right? And and you know, I initially thought, well, as things escalate with Russia and China, that that feels nuclear, but. It, it's just not. And we talked about this last time. It's actually, I mean, it is nuclear in a way, but it's it's an electromagnetic pulse, which is an atmospheric um, nuclear uh, explosion that would cause, basically, just it would fry the grid. And depending on how close it is, it uh, it could have greater effects on electronics and just take everything out, right? And that can happen from a solar source as well, a natural source. Uh, but it's not nearly as likely to have the, the effect, of the magnitude of, of the, the man-made version. Like a solar flare you're yep. talking about. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there have been some low grade. And, you know, there was one, um, I think it was like the 1910s, that had we been built up the way we are, that, that one would have had, you know, pretty big effects. Um, but now we are so dependent on technology and on on i mean everything like you just you don't think well if the power goes out i don't have water but it's true you don't have water if the power goes out you don't have gas you don't have any of the things right um when with this type of an I event mean, yeah and if the power goes out in the winter time you yeah. don't have heat yeah yep what do you think is actually worse power going out in the winter time without heat or the summer without air conditioning what would be more catastrophic the winter yeah, I mean, summer... Especially in Utah. Yeah. Utah, our summers are not that hot. Yeah, I mean, if you were in Phoenix, then <laughs> it's a different story. But here, we, we, we could get by. Uh, it's not a bad idea to have have something that is a low power consumption. Um, like we have a, a window AC unit that I just have put away that uh, only draws 500 uh, watts, which is it's as good as it gets. Because uh, anyway, we'll, we'll get into that down the road. But... Um, but yeah, winter is dangerous, right? It's just to ha- suddenly lose all that in the wintertime would be bad. So anyway, either of those two higher likelihood, and, and for anyone that wants more on the EMP, I would just refer them back to that episode because we really dived into that and we could do a lot on that. But I think in the interest of time, I would suggest we focus on, okay, so what? Like, what yeah. do I do? 
I don't want to just end scared. I want to end prepared. And it doesn't, it really is not as hard as I initially thought it would be. The thing that kept me from doing it was just, you know, again, like I said, the circulation and then the fact that I couldn't, I couldn't reach where I felt like I could match, even if I had a long-term supply of food, the other things. Um, And then the expense, and it doesn't have to be that expensive either. But those, both of those events with an EMP, we're we're looking at at least a year um, without, power you don't just go plug something back in you know to, to restore it fries the infrastructure of the grid so it's rebuilding things and then you have to suppose you, know, you have to assume um for that to be built that be rebuilt that you have you know people on hand and, and organization and communication which is gone and that's the the scariest thing i feel when we were reading the book one second uh after you know, you can't communicate. You're not getting updates, local updates from, you know, government or leadership, wherever it is to say, oh, well, power will be back on. So you're in a state of chaos. Yes, it's absolute chaos. You know, one of the things that we haven't really got into, I think we have addressed it in the, in our la- in the meeting we did last time in the show is, is another huge likely scenario is just someone taking out the um, transformers. Yeah. I mean, that would be very easy to take out transformers, which boom, same thing, power's gone. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways you lose power. There's a lot, a lot of ways lights go out, whether it's an earthquake, whether it's, you know, a flood. Like, you know, the Jordanelle, that's one of the things I learned recently. Do you know that's actually built on a fault line? That is literally uh, literally on a fault line. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, there's, there's, there's someone who's done a lot of research. We're probably going to talk about it, but uh, that's actually pretty sketchy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that could go bad. Yep. So, so, yeah, so... The event happens. What? Let's talk about what. What should people be thinking about? Yeah. So, so you have duration, and then the what? Like, you know, mm-hmm. what do you prepare, and for how long? And, and like I said, I, for, for us, for for my family, and for what we did in our community, we really focused on, you know, do do what you can to 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 get you know three months, but but we really focused on a year, and that was a year of not cushy living. That was a year of survival. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that, that he does a pretty good job in one second after of showing like he did a lot of research. That wasn't just a. No, that was a great book. It, it was incredibly well researched and in, incredibly thoughtful how he went through the things that could likely happen. Right. And and you see at the end of a year there, there was it, across the United States there was 90 percent mortality. Yeah. And it's not because anyone was directly killed, you know, by the event. It's just that we are so dependent on everything being brought to us, the shelves being stocked, everything just being there. Well, electricity. That everyone was just, they just started, they were starving to death. Yeah. They were dying of I mean, thirst. I mean, you take someone who's from this generation, who's grown up with everything, you know, easy, everything, I mean, you know, I mean, again, electricity, heat, air conditioning, and you take us back to basically, you go without power, you're back to, this, to yeah. the dark ages. I remember hearing something, preparedness, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because this could just be made up history. And facts, but you can go three minutes without air, three days without water, and three weeks without food, something like that. It, I mean, that that's a good ratio of time. Like you know, the water one you know, could could be a little bit different, but yeah, you cannot go very long without water. Um, and then food, you know, there's pretty severe consequences, and so we know how long we can go. Jason knows how long you can go without food. Uh, 21 day fast. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty we... impressive. I've done, I've done one just, you know, just to kind of experiment with that um, at five. And, and that's as far as I've gone. But, uh, but yeah, it, you have to realize that in the short term, 
water becomes an issue. But the interesting thing is, and we'll talk about water, but I, I feel like um, you know, water is something that you can get to if you had to just you know for the moment, right? You have to be sustainable with it, though. Uh, but food you need to have, you need to have on hand, and it can be as simple as greens, right? So, so if we want to look at that first sheet, yeah. So we so we've got four categories: we got water, uh, f- we got food, water, um, s- you know, sanitation, vitamins, first aid, and fuel, clothing, shelter. Yeah. So where you you want to start with? Let's start uh, with food. With food, okay. And then when we when we talk about that fuel and let's um, go from food section, to fuel. We'll second. talk with Brandon there. Um, so, so food is, is actually way more simple than people think. Um, it, it can be, there's a good, better, best in food. There's a good, better, best in each of these things. But when you look at food, what you need to realize most importantly, you know, adult male needs about 400 pounds of grains to survive a year. Okay. So for a year, it's 400 grains. So, or 400 pounds, um, for an adult female average, uh, 300 pounds. And these are all based on, you know, um, weight and things like that and, and activity. Um, but if you're looking at that and you think, okay, I, I just want to have something basic to get by, then you focus on the grains first. And that's the good, right? Then we'll talk about the better and the best. And you just think, okay, I just want to get what I need. And, and when you look at the grains, what I always recommend to people is they start very simply with rice. And, and you know, there's diets that are different. And so, you, so we're looking at this on the screen here. So, yeah, so look in the upper left-hand corner, you see grains there, 400 pounds, and we'll talk a little bit about these other ones, but then if you drop down, you see that quantity in family, um, that next section, you'll see an adult male, an adult female, there's the pounds there, there's, they both say that, I guess, but really that middle section there that you'll see an adult male, 400 pounds, okay. adult ma- female, 300 pounds. Now, if you look below that, you look at these three grains, flour, oats, and rice, okay, yeah. you see that section yep. there, Th- these are like, this is the basic two-step dance of, of food, you know, and you, you can adjust this if you have, you know, gluten intolerance or anything like that, you need to switch around or just preferences. But these ones are good and simple and they last a long time. Oats and rice um, in particular, 20 to 30 years. So you can get it and you can forget about it, right? For right. a long time, you can just have that there. Flour can be closer to 10 if it's packaged, stored right. But you notice I don't have hard beans on there. And that's something that in this community, in this this culture, lots of people have lots of hard beans. Right. Um, the problem with them is they're incredibly fuel consumptive. So to cook hard beans, you're you're devoting a lot of energy, right? A lot of energy to using them. They're they're high, in, you know, they have good nutritional value, but there's other ways to do it. And so I I recommend if you're going to do the fuels or if you're going to do the uh, that category, the legumes, um, you focus really on. Uh, um, refried beans, but, but anyway, these three, it's so simple and it's so inexpensive to get them. If you just go to the, uh, there's several in this area and you, you can do this from Costco. We talked about this, but you can, you can just go to a home storage center and you'll see there's a, there's a QR code there. And there's also a link. Um, I think that it's in that, that bottom link there. Uh, if you're clicking on that electronically and these will all be made available in the notes of this, this, uh, show, but, you can just go and you'll see that bottom category. You see boxes for a year supply, adult male, boxes for a year supply, adult female. It's, it's five or six boxes of each of those. Does and you have an adult, you have a year supply and that would be about $400 for an adult male and does, you could be done. Do you wow. need special storage for any of this stuff or can this just go in? 
Yeah, so this the beauty of doing it this way, they come in these number 10 cans and they're already set to be stored long term. But you can put them in your garage even in summertime or it would need to be... It's it's best to put them in a basement where the temperature's um, more even, right, and not extremes. Um, but you do the best you can. It's I better to have people, it on hand than you to not You see people get creative. I've seen people put it under their beds. Yeah. I mean, you see they, people get creative. Yeah, they're not that tall. I know I know a lot of people that, that <clears throat> use the bed approach and you can get... You can get an amazing amount uh, just just doing that, putting them in these small spaces. But if you were to get five or six boxes of each of those three um, per person in your family, you you could have the the basic minimum to survive. So this is at a uh, bishop storehouse, the, like an LDS type thing, and you don't have to be a member of the church to, to yeah. do that. Anybody can do this. Yeah, anybody you, can go pick this up. Exactly. Anybody yeah. can go to Costco. Anybody can can go to the uh, church uh, bishop storehouses and buy this stuff. And for an adult male. It's about 400 bucks you're saying for a year yep. supply. Yes, yep. that's to and even to at the totally grocery, doable. Even at the grocery stores, they do uh, box sales. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Where they yeah, do the can sales, the can, can sales, like yeah. where bulk purchases. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can do that. Um, and you know, if you do the Costco stuff, you just have to get it into a, a situation. You know, you can use the five gallon buckets and get food grade and you have a little more work to do. And there's a, by the way, there's a one hour video on each of these topics. Cause we did this in, in the community and we went into a little more detail. And so we're just going to hit kind of like the main things okay. of each of these topics yep. today. And then you can look at those if you want to get, you know, a little nerdy and, and get into each one of them. But, but that's a simple, it could be that simple, right? And you could have a, a enough to, to survive. Um, it ends up being about you know $200 for a, a younger child, right? Um, but three or $400 for an adult male or female. Then we look, so that's, that's the good, right? The okay. better is to then focus on getting some, uh, vegetables. So if you look at that serving approach category at the top, scroll back up there and you see that servings per number 10 can, you'll see here and you also see the, the beans and legumes. That's kind of that vegetable category, 60 pounds. But I don't like to really follow the weight approach for the vegetables because the best way to do the vegetables is by freeze-dried food. And so that's not going to be the same weight, right? You're, right? you're looking more at these servings that you see there in the upper middle, upper kind of right part here. of the right there. Yeah. You know, and I was just thinking, you know, growing up, we had, you know, when your grandparents or wanted to get you a special birthday present or something, they would usually get you like a treasury bond or something you can cash in later. This would be a great thing to do for like your grandkids if you want to give them some insurance for their future instead of treasury bonds. I, I think that's a beautiful idea. And it really is true. I mean, uh, I won't comment on the future of the country, but um it might be far more secure. We always bought those. Those were always purchased because of the security tied right. into them. And that's just not the case anymore. No. There is security in food. Um, and freeze-dried food lasts 30 years. 30 years. Wow. And so you think about how long that lasts for someone. You, you get that for someone. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be a ton when you look at this category either. You look at some of these servings. So if you buy one of these number 10, can, number 10 cans of carrots, for example, you see there's 40 servings in one of these, right? Um, if you were to focus and say, okay, look, I'm not going to try to get a year supply of having carrots every day, but if you were to think, okay, well, I want to have 90 servings to start, I'm going to focus on getting 90 servings per each member of my family. So that would maybe be, you know, it's a little more than two cans, but if you were to say, I'm going to start by getting two cans of carrots for each member of my family, that would allow them to have a meal of vegetables, a serving of vegetables a day for, for 90 days, three months. Or every four days, at least in a year, they could have. Yeah, serving. which which is a lot of people are going to die of malnutrition if they're just living on 
starch. Yeah. <clears throat> You've got to have more than starch in a diet. Well, yeah. we were talking with uh, <clears throat> Scott and Ann Travis, and Ann Travis is an incredible prepper. We'll have her on the show to discuss that. But she was talking about freeze drying and all the things you can yeah. freeze dry. She told us some incredible stuff. Yeah, Do you, you can remember? Freeze dry anything. You can freeze dry <laughs> anything. And they said when you rehydrate it, even years later, it could be, I mean, it's not yeah, going to be They're freeze like, drying Costco chickens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we do. And that's our best category. We'll talk about that in just okay. a second. But, but this, if you just like say, okay, I don't want to buy a freeze dryer. They can cost, you know, two to $5,000, but they're awesome. They're, they're so good if you decide to do it. But with this, if you were to say, you know, I'll buy a couple of cans of carrots, a couple of cans of beans, a couple of cans of, um, of corn, a couple of cans of peas, that's a very good nutritional spread, by the way, uh, that you get different, different vitamins in each of those. Per person in my family, then you end up with a a good base, right? And and you can go from there. But this is, we're still talking about like the next level. And so we don't overwhelm people because that's what okay. happens with people. They just get overwhelmed and they quit. If you were to do that, you know, then, and we'll also talk really quickly, eventually we'll talk about vitamins and that's how you end up making up some of that difference. Um, but uh, that's that next step. Okay, you, you'll see on the, on the upper left again, it's good to get you can get powdered milk, you, know, you can get the milk dairy, 16 pounds, and you can get these same thing at the home storage center. You can get them uh, at, at Costco and places like that. Fats and oils, coconut oil has the longest shelf life. Coconut oil, you can get seven years if it's in a dark, cool place. Wow. That's That blows out of the water most of the other. Yeah, that's one of the things people don't think about that, you know, without oil, I mean, start trying, just how about this? Start cooking food storage without oil. See how yeah. far you go. You're not going to make bread. You're not making anything. Yeah, that uh, skillets can be bone dry when you try to put bread in there, or right? Put anything in there, and, and and a big we don't realize because we're so oversaturated right now with 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 fat that, you know, if you look in history, you'll see a lot of starvation events of peoples that was by, actually caused by a lack of fat, like yeah, a, la a lack of, of uh, what you might get with some of these oils more than others. But we live in a society where we're trying to keep our calories down. Right yeah. Now. But, but when you get there, all of a sudden it's like, you can't get enough calories. So the whole mentality changes. Yeah. And we're also saturated with seed oils now, which is also killing us. So we're yeah. not saturated with the right kind of fats True. either. Yep. Yeah. And, and then, you know, sugars, is, that's just more of a luxury item, but uh, fill in a number or a five gallon food grade bucket at uh, you get from Lowe's or Home Depot with, with sugar and screwing the lid on there with these uh, gasketed lids that um, uh, have a uh, an O-ring to protect them that last years and years and years and you can be you know one per person, but salt is more important, right? Salt. Well, you know what's interesting about sugar, just for a second, and I never thought about this before as an East Coaster coming here and learning to be a prepper. Sugar is more of also a morale booster. Yeah. You know, you are in a state where you don't have access to technology yep. or whatever. Your kids are going nuts. You know, who knows what else is going on? Sugar is actually more for, I would think, morale than nutrition. I totally agree. Yeah, it, it, it's it's more important than people think. To I mean, a, keep your spirits. When up. you're going through it, a pan of brownies is probably pretty pretty epic. <laughs> you could barter with that easily. Yeah. Oh yeah, you you can you can prepare to have that kind of stuff. But salt, um, you know, that's that one's really easy. These Himalayan salt um, containers you get at uh, Costco. There's like these. Uh, plastic containers, Himalayan salt. Um, you get a couple of those per person, throw them in food storage and you're done. And it'll last years and years and years. You'll never, it'll never go and bad. The, and the minerals and good salt too. Yeah. Really important. Real salt, not, not to iodine, but yeah. like. Yeah, well, Redmond interestingly, yeah, you want to have that, right? That, that the electrolyte element is really important. 
it's good to get a little bit of iodized salt. And it's oh, not going to last as long, but we have, we're way overdose again when it comes to our natural, our diet now, getting all the iodine that we need. But iodized salt, um, we would be deficient actually in, in iodine in, in that uh, world without. And iodine is McDonald's. important for like radiation exposure yeah. and things like that. So iodine is important. When you did your 21 day fast, the most important thing that you did was supplement with yeah, with salt. 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 Yeah, sodium is really important. So anyway, that that's that's a real quick summary on on the food stuff. And I I know that even that can be overwhelming. It is not as hard as it seems though. And you take it a step at a time. And you say, hey, what what we did was we just took it a, a month at a time. We said this month we're just going to focus on food, and and as a community we all just focused on food and we helped each other. Um, we said, okay, do your grains first, and then people. You can you could just call the home storage center and say, hey, I want this, I want five of each of these, or I want ten of each of these three, and they say when you want to pick it up, and they'll say be by tomorrow at, at noon. Go to, you go the next day, and they'll have it on carts, and they'll just put it in your wow. car, and you're wow. done. It's really not that expensive, but it don't, but I mean, it's when you think about um, <clears throat> there is no value, no greater, there is nothing more valuable than food. When, when the lights go out, there will be nothing more valuable, not gold, not silver. If you don't have food, I mean, that's what you're going to be trading gold and silver for is food. When your belly is empty, you will give anything for that. Yeah. So I think that's got to be number one, food. Yeah, and I will say one last thing to, to the, the, the point of um, freeze-dried food. Um, yeah, money would be worthless. And one of the most valuable things that will be uh, when, when that occurs is freeze-dried meat. And so, you know, what we did as our family, we... We all got together, my siblings, my parents, and, and it was actually driven by my mom. And we all just, we got one freeze dryer and we just rotate it between us. So take a month and then take it to the next family. And in a month's time, great. you can get a three or four month supply of meat. If one number 10 can of meat is $100. Okay. It, to make that with Costco chickens, that's what we're doing is shredding it in there, putting ham steaks on, uh, on in a load. Um, you can do that for, you know, just pennies in comparison. Uh, it's so inexpensive to do it. Uh, that and vegetables with a freeze dryer. I think we ended up with around nine or 10 in our neighborhood and people would, would just loan them out and, and share um, in our neighbors. Really a, a neat thing to watch as everyone got prepared together in our neighborhood. But that's the good, better, best. That's the best. Um, and community. Uh, I mean, that's actually the best is if you can have a community. Uh, we talked about that with our show yep. with Scotty. Yep. Uh, one, one quick thing on food before we move on to the next section. What's good for maintenance? So let's say you've done everything five years ago, 10 years ago. How do you know what you have in food storage is still viable? Yeah. Uh, is there any way to test it? You know, well, it, it, open the, it up, try it. Yeah, you can. The best thing to do for, to me is just to create an inventory. Um, I focused on almost everything that I have is at least 10 years. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, we'll have things like we have, we have tuna fish. Tuna fish can go seven years. Like don't look at the date on that. Um, you know, and some people don't want to do that, but omega-3 is important. Those pouched things of, of chicken, you know, those can be three to five years at the last. And then just cans of, of vegetables and things. But that wasn't our focus. I just, that was too much work for me. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't want to mess with that. And so most of my things in our home are 20 to 30 years. Wow. And so we wrote up a thing, you know, uh, an inventory of what we have, but we, it doesn't take a lot of maintenance for us. Okay. Well, let's talk about uh, fuel. Okay. So that, that the next category, um, when I was looking at, at uh, 
okay, I'm getting in a good spot with my with my food. It felt like I I was getting close to a year supply. I was quickly faced with the problem of well, how would I cook that for a year? And the same thing with water. And we'll talk about water after this. But those are the two next problems. Like I can't. How do I do a year supply? Like it be, makes my food worthless if I can't really match it with with those two things. And so we start with traditional fuels, and we'll talk about this for just a second, and then we'll talk about um, the main category here, uh, and that being solar. But when you look at traditional fuels, it's it's actually in most places illegal to store your supply of traditional fuel, or it's very, very difficult to do it, right? To really get that much, you're in, a, in a, uh, an urban setting. Uh, it's a huge amount of fuel. You, you think of um, solar or of uh, gas generators, right? The things that happen in... in Texas showed us that you know, they were going through 200 gallons of fuel in two weeks to run those gas generators. Just wow. not. And, and in this situation, either of these scenarios, you do not have, the, the pumps aren't running. So even if you had, even if money still worked and even if, you know, they were still uh, there somewhere, you're not going to be yeah, able to your, your, obtain fuel. Your gas generator will last a, a couple of days. Yeah. For and, most that's, and that's assuming gas is still uh <clears throat> viable right in Broward and you talk about us living in Florida with hurricanes the biggest issue that happened in this last year was there was a flash flood in Broward and everything flooded and one of the things that you don't realize is uh 7-eleven racetrack their fuel got contaminated and it was it was bad fuel so people were putting that fuel because the ground um was so saturated with water it went into the tanks underneath so when people were filling up their cars with fuel it was actually bad fuel and it was it was messing up their cars yeah. Yeah. so if you have a flood situation and it's getting into the into the gas tanks you yeah. can't go to the gas station and use oh, that so fuel is not a good option yeah there. don't rely on that it's good to have a little bit it's just like we'll talk with water it's good to have some on hand you know people have propane you know propane tanks and they have things um you have what's in your what's in your vehicle at the time that you could utilize the the least expensive for what it gives you in burn capacity that uh, that I looked at to just have a little bit on hand is actually denatured alcohol. And you can get this at uh, Lowe's or Home Depot. They're usually it's going to be in the paint section. Um, don't sniff it. But um, <laughs> it, these, these uh, having five gallons of denatured alcohol can, can get you through a month. And, and the reason that's, I think, just good to have a little bit of that is that, you know, you may have some situations just just kind of the contingency. What if solar is not working? What if something, you know, uh, going on? What if you have a, a lot of cloudy days? You know, it depends on what you what you are utilizing for solar. Um, it's just good to have that as well. But then I'd, I'd say, okay, get a little bit of that. What, what are you doing with denatured alcohol? How do you use that? Just quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah. So have you seen these little like <clears throat> camp stove um, yeah. things? A lot of what those are, are they use a propane butane mix and you just screw them onto the bottom um, but it's not cost effective to get a, a, a bunch of those propane butane mixes or, or either or. But it's very similar, these, these small, and sometimes you'll see them in these warmers. They'll use these similar things, but they're not using the heat that, that we would be using. And a lot of times they're not using denatured alcohol. But it's just this little stove. You have a little cross um, holder on top that you'd be able to put a pan. And you pour the denatured alcohol in there and you light it and it just cooks. Okay. 
So that's very simple. There's links to all these things, by the way. In the show notes. In those show notes. um, Just the best prices that we found. We have no one that was involved in this has any financial interest in in any of that. But But um, not regular alcohol, not like grain alcohol or like Everclear. Yeah. Yeah. And there's scales, like some of them can work, but there's scales of of fuel, of heat efficiency. And and, uh, denatured alcohol is a good one for that. But then, you know, get a little bit of that and, and then move on. And and this was, you know, when I looked at this, or like the, the solar world is, you know, there was a lot of things evolving. So we were looking at solar generators and we could either start from the bottom up or we could start from the, the gold standard um, that, uh, that we would have here with Brandon and, and go down. Um, but solar is, in my opinion and from what we received you know really is the answer it's the path to take why it's sustainable it, it goes and goes and goes um it uh it's something that doesn't rely on the grid or people in any way um it's it's something that uh you're not going to run out of the resource right it's the sun um so it's it, and then I'll just say, yeah, for me, again, it was, it was, it was really it was given to me that this is the thing to do to prepare our neighborhoods. Um, right now, we have in our um, in our neighborhoods that includes you know kind of the area you guys live in, well over a hundred solar generators. Uh, that, that's just how many people felt that's awesome. prompted to, to go out and get get um, get one. So a lot of people have <clears throat> solar on their on their. Uh, solar panels on their roof. Um, well, how about this? We've got the expert here. Tell, tell us about solar. Tell us about uh, Mint. Tell us about what you guys are doing and why. Because, again, it's, there's a lot of solar companies out there that do the you know, solar on your roof, and I'm not really interested in, in almost any of those. Uh, but I am very interested in what you guys do. And tell us what's different about what you guys are doing with solar than traditional solar companies that come and put solar on people's roof. Awesome. Um, before I answer that. Yes. What you got? What are your thoughts? I've just been sitting here as a fan. I want you to know that. <laughs> and I don't know if you ever sit here and wonder. I hope the audience is like getting this. You guys are crushing it right now. <laughs> and great information. And it makes a lot of sense. I am excited to follow these. So I'm, I'm here as a, I'm like your perfect customer. Just so you know. Um, thanks for getting all this ready. Um, all right. In terms of solar and then... You said the top down or the bottom up. Um, there's so fuel in general. We, we, when I talk to customers, we're trying to help them out. And when you talk to customers or people that are wanting to do this a lot, probably you start with a 72 hour kit, right? It's like, all right, that's where you have to start. There's a lot of little things that you can do to start building up, but then it's the whole idea of what's your risk tolerance, I guess. Um, are you thinking the power is going to be out for a couple hours and you just want to make sure your everything's convenient? Great. There's some really cheap solutions for that. Do you think it's going to be a 24 hour outage, maybe 48? Okay. Here's a solution. If it's going to be weeks at a time or months at a time, they're very different. And especially if you want all the conveniences, right? That is very different and very unique. Um, but in terms of what we do different, I, I love solar on a roof with or without a battery. I think solar can um, just financially is really good for, for a lot of people. I don't, I know food is going up in cost a 
a lot right now. Um, so uh, power bales are about so to. So is power, yeah. And Rocky Mountain Power in Wyoming just barely, they're trying to increase, I don't want to get this wrong, but it's over 20% is what they proposed. Um, and speaking of Colorado, they just, yeah. tur- with smart meters, they turned off the power in some homes because they said, oh, well, we're having a power crisis, so we're, we're just going to turn it off for oh, you. California, too. Yeah. California's been having power outages because they're because the grid is pulling so much for all their electric cars. And yeah. so, yeah, they're having power outages there. And when you have smart meters, they can come in and just flip a switch and turn it off. Yeah, possibly. And that could happen in Utah because they were doing a, a special with some of those smart thermostats a while back that if you connected with Rocky Mountain Power... Gave them access to it so that they could turn it off when they need to, or raise your raise or lower it to keep so things where they want to be. That yeah. could happen here, but yeah. Um, but yeah, they power is going to go up, and so whether there's a big catastrophe or not, solar makes sense a lot of times, especially in wintertime. And that's the thing that you know we had um, Doug Yeman, and for those who if you didn't see the show, just came out Doug Yeman where we talked about. Uh, uh, power and uh, one of the things that um, you know he, that uh, he talked about is this why we're having so much water so much so much rain so much precipitation and then you know apparently there was a volcano out near Tonga and it released 10 percent more moisture in the atmosphere and what they're saying is this winter we had last year with so much snow they're saying we're going to be seeing that for at least three years so you know if we're in winter and the power goes out and you don't have a way to keep yourself warm. I mean, that is a massive, massive problem. To me, that's one of the biggest things I'm concerned about is if I've got my wife, kids, people, you know, I'm looking, taking care of in the wintertime, you know, I want to make sure people can stay warm. That's awesome. Um, so I'll throw out a few different tiers. Okay. I'll start at the bottom. and uh, Maybe it's relevant to some people yeah. here and maybe it's not. Sometimes people come and say, I want a whole home backup. And then we say, what do you really want? And they say, well, the power goes out couple times a year for a few hours and I want to be able to charge my phone and I want to be able to not lose my Wi-Fi and I want some light bulbs if, if it happens at night. And if that's what you want, I can give you a solution for a couple hundred bucks. So you're going to get lights for a few hours. You're going to get your Wi-Fi for a few hours and you're going to be able to charge your cell phones up. And that's an easy solution. That, is that like just a generator or what is that? No, we... We have light bulbs that have a battery in them that you install in your kitchen. And if the power goes out, you can still turn your light on and off. Wow. Those are not very expensive. If you've heard of a UPS, it's an uninterrupted power source. Think of a power strip, like with a bunch of plugs. It's a little mini battery. You plug your Wi-Fi into it, your computer into it. When the power goes out, it still has power. It'll last you three to six hours, depending on what you're doing with it. And when it drains, yeah. can it recharge? It cannot and recharge. So that's when, it, I mean, we're, we're talking 72-hour kit okay. right now. Yeah. This is just, you want some basics? Let's move beyond 72 hours. I think 72 hours, I think most people feel like they can hear. Yeah. So um, next step up would be a generator. And there's pros and cons. Um, you can buy a generator at Home Depot for a few hundred dollars, and then you just got to plug stuff into it, right? It's not connected to your home. A solar generator is also a great idea. And what you did, I've helped some, uh, I'm thinking of one group in Idaho specifically that did it with their whole neighborhood. And they, I 
they came to me and I helped I hooked them up with some great solar panels because I can I guess what I do for work is super regulated and you have to be pretty consistent with what you're buying but I also am connected with a lot of people that have warehouses full of panels that have been sitting there for a couple of years and I can hook people up with really dirt cheap it's just not a consistent thing it's what we can find so some people have reached out that are doing those neighborhood generator things mm -hmm. and I can't do those as a contractor there are certain laws and regulations and all the things that I put together have to pass all these codes but what you guys can put together just on the side or on your own you can do it however you want and there's not as many rules mm. and so those are awesome options that can be great for people and it's funny you talk about regulations and things and you look at now their big pushes getting rid of gas stoves and <laughs> which is funny because it's like well let's say the lights do go out it would be really great to have a gas stove because then you can actually have some fuel or or what i think most people need to be prepared for is how what's the best way to cook with you on on solar what, what are you doing there so and since we're in this category of basic, right, and maybe the unregulated state, and then we'll go into because I think some of your whole home options are great. And it, to me, it becomes a, just a kind of a question of cost. But, but we are looking at very basically at this. And so as we went into this, um, I to me, the most important component of what you'd be using the solar for can be as simple as a hot plate. Um, and so we, we were looking, everything is watts, right? And you know this language, right? Everything we looked at was about watts. And so we, the, the smallest and heat consumes more wattage than cold does, right? Which so is why winter is a big concern to me because you want to keep your harder. heaters take up a lot of watts. So when we're looking, you know, basically at these very basic solar generator options um, and, and we're looking at these, these kind of key components, how many watts, how many watt hours, What's the charging input max? How fast could you charge this back up? Uh, what's the battery type? You know, you have a, you have a bad, better, best, because <laughs> you have lead, which we just don't, you know, use, or you have um, lithium, or you have uh, lithium iron phosphate. And so we're looking at, you know, these, these, these different components, and the, the main thing, the bottom, of, the bottom of the barrel, or the, you know, the, the very basic is you need to have at least a 500-watt unit, in my opinion, to be able to, to run a 500-watt solar or a hot plate. Uh, most of them are actually, you know, a thousand watt. We found a 750 watt, found a thousand watt. And you, of course, when you, once you get over a thousand, it's easy. You can, I mean, you can be using um, air fryers and all kinds of stuff if they weren't fried uh, when, uh, and if, if and when there was an EMP. But, but that's the basic thing. It's just something that's, that's good enough. So we talk about this really inexpensive option. You know, there's, there's, there's um, a couple of 500, 700 watt uh, solar generators that um, are lithium iron phosphate can bring in a fair amount. Um, so they're going to last a long period of time. Their capacity is limited, right? When you start right. by these smaller. So items. a gas generator can put out a pretty decent amount of watts, but then again, it's the limited amount of gas you have. So with solar and solar generators and solar, solar, uh, if you have whole house Batteries, panels yeah. and panels. Yeah, what, yeah, what, walk us through, because I see you have these solar generator recommendations from 500 to 2,000 watts, 3,000 watts, and then the panels. How many watts, if someone's got your whole house solution, how many watts is that putting out, uh, roughly, do you know? Probably like 18,000 plus. Um, you think of kilowatt hours by now. Yeah, but what, 
uh, uh, if I remember my math right, the average home consumes 25 to 30 um, kilowatts a day, kilowatt hours. Can you look at your bill and determine that if yeah. you? So that's a good baseline to figure out what you use is just look at your bill and see what your house is putting out. Yeah, but whole home. Anyway, we haven't gotten to that extreme yeah. yet. Most people don't do whole home, and there's a reason for that. But maybe we'll keep – if we yeah. touch on these, and then we'll talk whole home. Yeah. So if we just kind of start growing, we okay. say, okay, what – what, and I'll just say, just to jump to it a little bit, 90% of the people in our neighborhood, these 100-plus, 90% of them ended up getting a 2,000-watt um, and then either leaving it at that or, or getting a, uh, a 2,000 watt add-on battery. So a lot of people ended up with 4,000 watts. That's, okay. that's a very minimal amount. That's not a lot. And, 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 and what will that run? That'll run yeah. your fridge? That'll run a fridge, a freezer. You know, um, and usually it, it's best if you're, you're doing these with smaller ones. But you can run that. And then lights are easy. You, know, you can put a lot, a lot of lights on it. Um, recharging batteries. Uh, and your hot plate is your most important thing. With with 4,000 watts, you know, we calculated it. The, the biggest, re the reason that these, the, the, these 4,000 watt ones are actually a little bit better than they might seem is because, and Brandon will probably be uh, aware of some of this, is one of the factors that's most important in this is, is how much can you bring in? So these 4,000 watt generator setups that, that we have in the neighborhoods, and we were just buying through Arizona, a, a solar company in Arizona, we, um, like a field, like a commercial solar field. We were buying used panels for $63 a panel. Awesome. Right, and these are 250 watt panels. That source is gone now, so I'm really interested actually to talk to you um, about some of the things that you might do. But, but, um, but basically, and we were saying, you guys don't pay more than one dollar, one, one, dollar a watt you know but we were getting them at 35 cents a watt um, for these panels at, at the time and and this generator that a lot of people got this you'll see this blue eddy ac 200 max um that's that's one of the ones that we found that was the best for the bang for the buck right and this is again very small stuff uh but but for being able to basically choose a portion of your house and say okay this is the this is the part that we are keeping warm, keeping cool, um, you know, working on um, maintaining, it, it would work for that, right? And the thing that we would be able to do with this is um, they can take with, with one inversion of, by converting the wall power, they allow you to convert the wall power with an adapter to additional solar. The base can take 900 watts coming in at a time. The wall power is 500 watts. So you can receive, and this is the reason that this one was the best for us, is that you can receive 1,400 watts of charging power at the same time. And we have videos of setting this up and showing you how, how easy you can do it. But during the day, we had people running them to test them, and like they, were, they, were not, they were staying ahead. And this was even on you know, partly cloudy days, not just full sun days. Um, they were staying ahead of their consumption because they had so much for the size of the generator, right? Now that's nothing right. for the whole house stuff. Like that's still small potatoes, but for this survival tool, right? This, this, um, this level of, of doing this um, uh, power and, and fuel remedy, uh, it was, we were staying ahead of the use that included fridge, freezer, Small. And you're able to, and that's, and I see it here on this, on that's about $2,000 retail for a solution like that. Yeah, and we and we were getting them, we, 
set something up with them. We were getting them uh, less right now, though. They're about $1,600 for that. Okay. Which one are you looking at? The Blue Eddy AC200 Max. Yeah. 2,000 watts. Um, so anyway, that, 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 um, that's one that kind of, again, you're approaching this like you would a, an emergency um, gas generator, right? But it's far superior to that. It's not, it's not whole home and it's not what solutions Brandon can offer there. And I think we should definitely talk about those. But this is what a lot ended up doing at, at this level to be able to have, you know, basically set up a microclimate, we call it, where you just choose one room. We had, you know, we found little heaters down to 350 watts, and that's very small area that that's going to heat. Um, like I said, a 500 watt window AC unit, uh, and then more commonly 750 watts to 1,000 watt heaters that you would be running very sparingly only in the night, right? If you were using this type of a solution. Okay. So good, better, best for generators, gas, propane, solar. How would that rank? Um, solar, solar, solar. <laughs> yeah, because because I mean, liability. Yeah, because unless you have one of those hundred gallon tanks of propane, if you got a hundred gallons of propane, that's a great solution to have a propane generator. And I mean, that's a great, but most people don't have that. So I I sold my gas generator. I don't even have one anymore. <laughs> really? I I what I do have is I have I have a few different generators to have some redundancy. You know, in case there was something. Um, uh, and I looked into, and I wish that, you know, we'd had someone like Brandon when we were doing some of this that we did in our neighborhood, because we did have people that said, hey, I want, I want something that can really go bigger Beyond than Beyond just this. keeping yeah. a room warm. And they, they, so we looked at like the Tesla wall, you know, batteries, and we looked at some of the options out there. And, and, and it just, it, it just kind of became, and some people ended up going a little more that direction, but we didn't have a good resource at the time to, uh, to point them to. Uh, folks who could really help them, uh, you know, we looked at a couple of companies, but they didn't, they 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 didn't get the off grid part well enough to give people comfort. So, so talk to us a little bit about uh, what you guys. I always want to be careful with off grid, just how people interpret that. <laughs> yeah, um, t talk to us about what you guys are doing with Mint. Okay, so we we took it down the line of all this fun stuff. I think it's really fun stuff, um, not stuff that we actually do other than. Lion Energy sells some of those generators. They're cool because they're also grab and go, right? So if you yeah, we, throw we it actually in your car, have, you can take that. You know? we, we've got a Lion Energy uh, generator and love it. Take it camping. I mean, it's perfect. That is great. Um, so now if we're talking next level up, these are the people that say, I think the power is going to go out for days. Not a natural disaster yet, but days. And I want my essentials covered, which, by the way, when you talk to anybody about batteries, most... Almost everyone, we install what's called a critical load panel. So a new sub panel. I don't know if I'll have a picture in these pictures I threw out to you, but it's a, um, think about a, just your panel with all your breakers, right? When we first sit down with you, we decide which ones are your favorite breakers. Hmm. And then when the power goes out, it only, your battery will only feed these breakers. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which is very important because if you don't set it up like that, these batteries, I mean, there's, the technology is really cool. You won't even know that the power went out. There's not even like a flicker of the light bulbs at all. And you could just let your battery drain and all the TVs are going and your kids are playing Xbox or whatever it is. Your Bitcoin machines are running. You're gone, right? You don't want yeah. to drain it fast. So it just kicks everything off except your essentials. Gotcha. So a critical load panel. That 
it's what we recommend for everybody. And if somebody wants, we're talking like just the first step into leveling up from what we just talked about, we could do a small battery, like a, a five kilowatt hour battery, um, and we could put it to two to four circuits, right? Just to your freezer and bedroom lights and your Wi-Fi, right? right? We don't want to go much beyond that if you're going to go that small because you're going to drain it really fast and you're going to not be very happy about it, right? Um, that's sort of the first step. The, the next step is for people that say, I want, I believe the earthquake's going to happen and first thing that's going to happen is they're going to cut the gas lines because for safety, um, they're going to be leaking somewhere. So they're just going to shut them off as a city and you have to get um, all of your power from the sun. And so same setup, we would just expand how, your, how, how much storage you have. Of power. Of power. Battery, yep. battery basically. And think of it like a, like a phone battery, right? Have you ever, you can add on like a battery bag yeah. of, or you can swap it out. That is all this is, is just expanding how much storage you have. And the more you can put on there, the longer you can last, right? Um, so again, not with the idea of, I want my entire house running no matter what. That really is the next level up. And most people don't, I mean, we could do it. It's just not economical. So, so tell us about that option though. Um, so we could set it up with whole home. So now we're running it to your entire house. So a lot of people are doing solar anyways on their roof. No. So we still want solar. Okay. Um, but if, so when he said off grid, that's what I get scared of that term because people think, oh, I, now I could just cut the ties. Think of it like this. If you look at your utility bill and go pick your peak month, right? Like when you're consuming the very most, we have to put enough solar panels on your home for that month. Not for right now you're using the grid as sort of a battery and you're sending stuff back and, and forth. And so we can sort of level it out. So now we have to over double how many solar panels we're putting on your roof. And then same with your storage. We, we need to make sure that we can handle the months that you consume the most. So when you want off grid with all the luxuries, you're, you're not doing what you're seeing on most homes. You're doubling or tripling what you're seeing there. Does that make sense? Yeah. So with the but, com but community, I, I don't think sense? though, when, when you're, when, when it hits the fan, you, you're going to be using what you're using now. I mean, you're not charging people who are not charging their cars. People are not going to be like, lights 24 7 every tv on like i mean everything on i mean i'm pretty sure where people are going to conserve and go to go to when their neighbors have nothing they're going to be conserving because first off there's nothing to watch on tv anyways so i don't i don't see it being i th again i think people are going to step back and go into a more living in a in a way that that's much more bare basics yes so i don't think that you know I they agree. would need that and so with that in mind, so typically what we do is a battery backup is with a critical load or a load center, if you've heard of this, cool technology where think of your main service panel with all the breakers. Yeah. We can swap that out with a, a from your phone control every breaker so you can turn them on or off and set all the rules you want, right? Where if it's consuming this much, I don't want it to work anymore. I can turn it off here. Um, so then you can shed the loads that are consuming too much. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Um, and if you if you go that route and then you get smart and instead of running your AC unit, which is the bulk of people's bills, um, I mean, summer months for sure, but even year round, you switch it out with a mini split right now. There's some mini splits that are unbelievably efficient. And so think of it like a window unit, but maybe it's more step up from a window unit. Um, like a little AC heater just for a room or for a few rooms, right? How would that compare to like charging an electric car? Do you think that would be the biggest load on a unit? Uh, probably. Um, a mini split to an electric car? No, 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 <laughs> the, the air conditioning versus, so what would yeah. be the biggest consumer? Would it be the car or would it be the AC? The car. So that's a good thing to think about if you haven't, or thinking about getting an electric car. Yeah, so, okay, just so for electric cars, if we put solar on somebody's house and then later they say, I want, I'm adding an electric car, we're pretty much doubling their, their power, their, their panels. Uh, maybe not that's quite. how much power a car uses. That's how much. And by the way, same with a hot tub. Just so you know, if you're throwing in a hot tub, like, it is crazy how much they consume. And so just be aware of those things. And so when the power goes out, that's probably not something you're going to be doing is heating your hot tub. Right. Or hot tubbing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? And maybe so, you need that morale booster when you're eating all your, your sugar. So, timing with the sugar. So what we recommend is get enough battery storage for your essentials and and then let's make your home more efficient with the right appliances, the right, I mean, I'll talk about mint a little bit because I sort of geek about this stuff, but um, we'll come into your home, we'll do a whole energy audit where we do a blower door test. Have you ever heard of that? From you guys, yeah. So fun. So we install a giant fan in your front door and then we suck the air out of your house depressurize your home but it just shows us where the air is coming in mm -hmm. right and how how leaky you are and we can identify where that is and we can find uh, sometimes we can cut people's bills by a lot just because they literally have a hole in their house they just didn't know about it right and we can patch some things up a lot of times it's your canned lights that are going into your attic and they're just it's just outside right and so we can patch up some of those things and then help out with some of the appliances like if somebody offers you a free freezer because they're not using it anymore, don't use it because after so many years, those things just drain energy. They drain. And so un knowing what's going on in your house is also very important. Make sure you can like an energy audit, of which your they house. do, which yeah. they actually do that. Yeah. So tell us, so this on the screen here, tell us about what, what this is. This is what you guys install here. Yeah, those are, that's a, couple uh, 10 kilowatt hours, both of them are 10 kilowatt hour in-phase batteries. And so that's 20 kilowatt hours total for this home. So, so someone who gets something like this installed, which you guys do, how much power is that given them roughly? I mean, that's, that's enough to like. So that would be, okay. Again, when I say the critical loads, that would be almost enough to cover every day, but we also install a critical loads panel. So you're not doing everyday stuff. Okay. Right. So now we took you from we we're not allowing you to go to that 30 or 25 kilowatt hours per day. We're cutting that in half with what what you're drawing from. So this will last you a couple of days. But if you keep filling it, depending on how many panels you got, you, I mean, that's gonna, it, you that's, could go. If, if someone's recharging that, that, in other words, they're they get that's like the deluxe. Yeah. It, as far as it being living like when the power's out, you're with it, essentials. I wouldn't say deluxe because anything with a 220 volt outlet's not going to work with these. So let's say you're someone that has no solar, never really thought about it. They might have their food storage. 
I think a good place to start is taking inventory of the efficiency of what's going on, doing a potential audit, totally. something like that. Because even if there is no inciting in incident, some sort of catastrophe, you might be able to get efficiency in the house better and bring down some of your bills. Yep, that's right. Okay. What do you think on that? I, I think it's awesome. I, I, I live in a much more Spartan world. My mind and the things that I've seen in what's ahead, I, I don't live in my home the way I live in my home um, during that period of time, um, the way I live in it now. Uh, we're not, when we talk about some of these basic things, right, um, we're not plugging into the panel. Right. We're running things from the generator. So it's, it's a lot less lower scale than, than what the, the, the great things that Brandon's talking about there. We're just talking about, and we have people go to as many as about eight to 10,000 um, watts. And you can do that with these add-ons. Um, but uh, we, the, the, the things that you'll see in these product links um, uh, very much more basic, right? We're, we're looking at, uh, and, we, and like I said, we ran them. And so we had people running fridges, freezers, um, but they're choosing a very discreet part of the house. They're not doing anything like, like that, uh, which would be great, especially if you feel like, hey, I need to be able to bring a lot of people in and, you know, I got my family coming and all these things. That's something to consider. Uh, the, the things that, w that we were doing here were enough to be able to have a warm area, cool area depending on the time of year fuel especially let's face light. it there's a reason a lot of the houses built back in the day were little small yep. rooms literally a room because the efficiency of, of heating it yep. where what we've become to now is used to these massive you know i mean homes that that massive home when when there's no power in there is just a massive ice box or you know heated up unless you have a solution unless you have power for that I just want to throw out. Yeah. I loved your list. I'm excited to get your PDF. And you started with all the stuff that you have. And then you said, hey, here's the three. Like, get these three, right? I think that's the solar generator that you're talking about. Yeah. Hey, that's the basics that you should have. If you want to get all these extra nutrients and all the everything, let's do a, a exactly. home backup. Both are right. Yeah. Like, it's not, this is the only way to do it. No, no some people start with your savings. Here's, here's what I'll tell you. I totally a lot of people agree. say, Jason, what should we be doing? You know, while we still have you know, money while things are still flowing well, while there's the seven years of good before the seven years of bad. And, mm -hmm. and uh, people talk about gold, people talk about silver, talk, people talk about food, you know, brass, ammo. But to me, you know, these are the type of things, if you have the money, I, this is, these are great places. Yeah. I mean, I think a, a solar generator is a must. I think that's, if you don't have that, that is a, you know, a must. And I think if you've got the, the money and, and you want to start being extra prepared, you start looking at, you know, mint solar having something where you can actually really take care of more than just, you know, a room and, and you know, be able to, like you guys said, take care of your family and, and friends. Yeah. And it can save you some money now while the lights are still on. Yeah. Yep. Totally agree. And we, you know, when we would do these, uh, these events, we tell them, you guys, listen, you listen to the things, see what stands out to you. This is not one size fits all. There you go. You really have to just pay attention to how you feel about something. Things will stand out to you and act on those, and then you'll see the next thing come to you. Bing, uh, nothing else to add, that's 100%. Nothing else to add on that, that's perfect. So what's next, what else? Water, we, we gotta water? talk about water. Okay. Um, and by the way, if you haven't had a chance, and I know we're running a little bit short on time, but you can see right here, you know, you can pause it, look in the show notes, it gets into clothing, gets into shelter. Um, I won't yeah. have to do another show on this too. We always have to do another show. Because <laughs> there's a lot of important information we're going through here. 
And uh, all right, so let's go to water. Yeah, and I'd say if we stayed on this category that we were in, we would have said, okay, all these things that we've been talking about, you're imagining yourself in, still in your home. What if you had to leave? And I don't just mean like the 72-hour kit kind of leave. Like I got to leave. Like I have to leave where I live. Like a real exit. And that's what we start talking about clothing and, and ditching cotton um, and, and lightweight and how you can have, you know, clothing that can keep you safe, comfortable between zero degrees and a hundred degrees and five pounds or less. And it's not thousands of dollars. There's, there's a lot there for sure. So I'm, I'm glad you kind of just put that little and shelter the same way. That's the kind of thing of if you had to leave the house, that's the mindset we put uh, people into. We say like, now let's just imagine we got to go. Now, uh, anytime we discussion. think about moving, whether it's, you know, for a situation like that or just moving in general, the, the thought about packing everything up and leaving is, is daunting. And if you have to do something quick and then you have those five gallon buckets of food storage, I know just moving into our home, moving all that food storage was, I mean, you, it's not just time. You also need a lot of manpower for that yeah, too. Yeah. Freeze dried food is really nice for that because it's so lightweight. But. Well, one thing I want to point out on your list here in your clothing, to me, the thing that probably is one of the most important is shoes. You look historically and how many times is, you know, people end up having problems with their feet, <laughs> whether it's the summer, whether it's the winter, you know, but feet issues because they do not have good shoes and socks. Yeah. So, I mean, how many armies, you know, yep. wars have been lost yep. over, over this. So, and, you know, and I'll tell you what, you can get online and you go to one of these uh, army, you know, type stores, you can get military, you know, really good military boots for literally 50, 60 bucks. Yeah. You, and I think that is something, you know, you, sh you, you should have for everyone, every person in your family should have a solid, good pair of boots that they can live in because you are going to need boots. Totally agree. And I think hygiene is very closely tied to that too, because I mean, if you're using something dirty or if you're exposed to something or if you have a cut, yeah. that can expose you to a myriad of issues, health yeah. issues. More people die in what's called the secondary disaster, which is the hygiene stuff that comes after than they do in the actual event. And shoes, I chuckled at that, Jason, because just yesterday I was watching a, one of these pioneer accounts of you know people coming across the plains and, and uh, that was a, one of the, big, the biggest problems. Those things would just break down. Uh, we have such amazing things with you know the technology of Gore-Tex. Uh, Gore-Tex breathable, because that's that's what the beauty of what Gore-Tex is is that it's waterproof, but it's breathable. If you can find Gore-Tex shoes, and they can be you know under a hundred dollars, as you said, uh, that's huge. So let's go to water. Okay, we got so the water on the screen here for our viewers. So I had some really cool experiences with the water problem. Um, this was early on, and I've learned a lot through this. Uh, I, I tell people this was, was kind of like, uh, you know, in our culture, we think of a, a, uh, a story. We think about Noah, right? And we think about building barges, um, uh, building a big boat or building several barges. And I think of uh, one, one man in, in, um, in Scripture who built barges and basically got close to the Lord and learned how to do it. Which I think the same thing with Noah. You know, he wasn't about the... The, the physical temporal thing he was doing. Um, and with water, this is how it was. Like I finished my, my food stuff and it was pretty like basic. I just logic my way through it and stuff like that. With water, I was stuck because I, I looked at it and I'm like, I'm not filling my basement. You know, you look at what you need. If, if a person needs 700 gallons a year. Yeah. And really, you know, that's so minimal. Like you're not taking showers with that. Like that's, that's to get by, right? So, so you're looking at if you're looking at 800 gallons minimum uh, per person per year, uh, you know, for our family of five, about 4,000 gallons 
um, I was like, there's just no way, right? You know, you can't, you can't do that. And when you look at what um, disaster response agencies recommend, you look at what uh, uh, churches recommend that, that are focused on this, they'll usually say, get a two to four week supply. I'm like, yeah, that's interesting because we're, we're counseled, you know. Um, a year to two of food. Yeah, a year of uh, food, but, uh, but a two weeks to four weeks supply of, of water. But it's right. I, that's actually the thing to do. And, and, and what we settled on was like trying to get 28 to 56 gallons per person in our house storage. Okay? But, you know, I, it was two weeks for me just thinking that, what do I do for the rest? And, you know, you think about some of the things to, to capture water. But I, w- I woke up probably 2 a.m. one morning and uh, and I, I, this came from nowhere. Right. I wasn't I wasn't close to this solution, but woke up from a dead sleep with the thought of tarps in my mind. And I thought, tarps, what if a tarp was laid out? And I just did a calculation. If I had a 10 by 10 tarp, you know, I can get one inch rainstorm, get 62 gallons of water. If I just wow. had that out there. What if I had five of those? I'm punching it in. I'm like, wow. And then, and then this, I see something that uh, is these billboard tarps, 48 by 14 feet. And I'm like, what if I just had one of those out? And those are nice because they're UV proof. And, you know, they're not that expensive, you know, about 100 bucks. Um, and I calculated, I'm like, it, in a one-inch rain event, I'd have 400 gallons, over 400 gallons of water from just that one. But doesn't the state of Utah have spef- specific regulations on how much water you can capture? Yeah. So I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter. It, I mean, look, if you, if that's that solution, if, if we're in those times, I don't think anyone's going to care that if, if they passed a law that makes it illegal to capture water, recapture yeah. water. I mean, you, you're going to do it. In some states, it is illegal. In other states, <clears throat> it's just limitations. And that's where Utah is right now. There's limitations. But I totally agree. It, it will not matter. There will be no one regulating it. There will, and, and the reality is that the, the reason for that would be all irrelevant, too, because that water was going somewhere that now it doesn't matter anymore. Um, we're not trying to fill reservoirs and things because none of that would be functional. So it, it doesn't. It's a good thing to think about. Um, you wouldn't want to be running this, all of this right now. But uh, in the end, having that out, um, you would have no problem. And I'm an attorney, and I tell you, I don't even think twice about it. You know, we were in uh, the east coast of the Big Island of Hawaii in Hilo, and I think they won, They run predominantly on encapturement, encapturement, uh, capture, yeah. capture uh, systems. So they have very advanced systems. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and so kind of finishing this out, you think, okay, well, if I had that, you know, and it's not like you're not thinking of building like a swimming pool in your backyard. You're only, it's only an inch deep. It's, it's, and you just take it off of the, the, uh, the tarp. And we did this, we set it up, practiced it, not long term, we didn't break any laws. Um, <laughs> but, but just, and it, and it really worked. And we practiced siphon, we like looked with, kind of experimented with siphons and things and had elevation issues. We ended up just, Kind of lifting it and using five-gallon buckets and just putting them into. So, so because I know we're short on time here, but I've I know we're running. I'm definitely running this show longer than we normally do because I think this is all very important information. And I don't want to capture as much as I can in one show, but uh, but just bring this down. Really, the, the ideal thing is is getting tarp is good, but these billboard-sized tarps, where do they get it? Yeah, there's a link on here. There's there's okay. several companies that sell them online, but. You know, even if you just did a heavy-duty tarp from Walmart, uh, it's better than nothing. But the main thing here is that it's not just the tarp. It's the garbage cans. It's the garbage cans. To, and to capture the water and so store it. crazy. 
but the reality is that we live in in a feast or famine kind of climate. Like we've had a lot of rain recently, which which is going to continue for the next few years. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, we, extreme weather. We go like we'll go, oftentimes July, uh, June to July without hardly a drop, and so you can't you can't just say, well, that's going to capture it. And then I'm, and then the other thing, the other component to this is you cut off your downspout, you put under a rain barrel underneath every one of your downspouts. Meaning you, capturing the water that comes off, comes your, off fridge, the roof. Or your, your roof. Yes. Um, and that's a little bit less, you know, there's some things in your, in your, uh, um, on your shingles and things that you wouldn't, I, I would be using that more for secondary or like kind of, you know, the uh, gray water kind of solution. But then you, you essentially double that in a, in a house uh, that's the kind of typical size here. You're thinking you're getting 800 gallons in one of these one inch rain events, but who has 800 gallons of empty storage like to put it in and and so that's and really you'd want more than that you'd want to be having um over probably 200 gallons per person and so you know in our family we've got like we have about 1200 gallons of just trash cans and it sounds the, like the craziest thing they're all just stacked in each other they don't take up any space in the garage because they're empty and they're just simple walmart they don't have to be bpa free because you're going to filter them and there's excellent filters for just you know, $30 or thereabouts right now. Um, but that piece of it is critical, making sure that you have That's a way to store it. I'm going to throw out another way to store. Uh, you, they sell these 250 gallon food grade BPA, you know, like high quality uh, containers that are basically got the uh, metal cages, cages around yeah. it. Uh, you can pick those things up. Um, we picked some up that initially had like um, avocado oil in them. Yeah. You just clean, we cleaned out the avocado oil. It was one we we ended up getting probably, you know, 50 gallons of avocado oil that we then saved and then cleaned it out. And now uh, you've got for 50, 60 bucks, you can get them on on uh, KSL or you can get classifieds, but you can pick those up. Especially and, with farms two failing of those, right now, get, they're getting rid of all yeah, of their materials. Two of those is 500 gallons. Yeah. So, and those store, you can actually stack them. You can put one in your garage, but one, you know, so that's another option is, is grabbing those and two of those is 500 gallons. Yeah. So we've got two of them. How, how long does something like that uh, keep water good for if you needed yeah. to do long-term storage for water? Yeah, you, you can get, you know, with a little bit of, of chlorine, um, a little bit of uh, treatment, you can get three to five years out of water. The water that sits in your basement, um, you know, they'll usually say two to three. You can actually get a little bit more than that. But it can store for a long time. And I've heard essential oils or certain essential oils you can put in if, if chlorine does freak you out a little bit. Mm. Um, uh, which one was it? It was one of the terror young living ones that there's ones know. you can put in there yeah just something to, to to try to treat it there whatever you feel comfortable with but it can get you can get a long time out of it and we're focused on a year you know and storing it for that period of time uh you would be fine so again if you direct you back to the screen here on uh, on water because he's done a phenomenal job here how much water you need be able to capture and, and right here under water capture he has the, the size of uh the um, tarp you would need and how much water that would get. So this, honestly, this is solid gold. So again, go to the notes or the uh, and uh, you know download this, save it, get a tarp or or go better to get the uh, the big uh, billboard type one yeah. and uh, and and your and your and your as long as you've got a spot to, to save that water, store it, uh, you're going to be sitting very well. Anything else you want to hit on water before we? move because we are short on time. Here. Yeah. The only thing I'd say, I mean, and so, yeah, that's that solution where we live in this arid climate. Um, you know, that's, that's 9,000 gallons a year. Uh, and so like you're, 
I mean, you would be able to no take showers. Gonna, yep, you're, you're solid with <laughs> and, that. And there's discussion and others on, on how to do that. But filters are important. You definitely want to have a good filter. You know, we've The technology with filters has gone nuts in the last few years. Uh, there's some very good filters out there that aren't requiring you to pump. Uh, that's the thing that we grew up with that I had, you know, being in the wilderness uh, as a kid. Now they're just these gravity filters. You just scoop them out, hang them, and they're gravity fed, and they do 500 gallons in a day. Um, and uh, they, they claim to be good for 100,000 gallons. I don't believe that, but I do believe that it's probably 10,000 gallons, and that's, you know, 20,000 gallons maybe, um, and that's enough. So Love it. Love it. Okay. So we got time for to uh, hit uh, one last one. You got to sanitize, sanitization, vitamins, first aid, which is the last category anyway. So let's, let's high level hit this. Which we could do a whole show on just that. I mean, I that's think. the thing. <laughs> Honestly, we, yeah, could, we, we could really get into this stuff. And, and I know it's high level, but I really want the people to be able to get some value out of this. So I understand it's running a little bit long, but let's, let's hit this. And then they've got the notes they can go to for a little bit deeper dive. Yeah, so the thing I, I just hit here mostly, you know, sanitation is critical. And so don't get me wrong, as we hit this very basically that it's not important. Um, there is, like I said, there's an hour vi long video on this, and we could do another another discussion on it to go through, you know, these privacy tents and, and uh, how to dispose of, of waste and things. And we could talk about what happened in Haiti with cholera and, and how this is one of the most dangerous areas, as you said, Alexia. It really is something that you have to pay a lot of attention to. But... In the time that we have, the thing I'd actually focus on is on vitamins. Uh, we, the, the things we described uh, are not enough. Like we, we, when we talk about food, you know, it, it's to get by. Um, but the, the world of vitamins and the things to do with vitamins, you know, di different people have different, different opinions and thoughts. But as we looked into this and we pulled in some experts and looked at, like, what would be the most critical things in a nutrient-deficient world? And that's the thing we don't think on because we think of like, what do I need right now? What's the things that are most important right now? It's very different when we're talking about these basics. And the most important thing ends up being a prenatal vitamin. Wow. It's a prenatal multivi multivitamin. And we've said before, you know, um, nothing that it's going to make a man pregnant. <laughs> but both men well, and women want to That is something it. you got to be careful about in, know, in day, these days because these days men can get pregnant. So yeah, we could also be just animals, take note. Right? So <laughs> Just take note, it will not get you pregnant. <laughs> but uh, the reason for it is because it's got iron, it's got B12 in it, um, and zinc you can get in others, but um, especially those would be extremely deficient in those. And so having that on hand, you know, having a good year supply, assuming like one, you know, one of these a day, and then adding to that vitamin D with K2. And in this world, in this situation that we would be in, you'd actually be wanting to get some sunshine, right? You'd be... You'd be uh, wanting to get 15 to 30 minutes a day of sunshine because of what that does for you um, with immunity, with uh, nutrition, or just um, the, the, uh, the, the benefits you get from it. But you cannot get that between November and March. This, the angle of the sun is such that you cannot absorb uh, vitamin D. Uh, mm. so, so you would need to have this, and it could become pretty important to have that uh, and utilize that. Vitamin C, of course, is important. Uh, magnesium and calcium. You know, it's those not on things. here that I feel is very important because it's not only a vitamin, but it's uh, it's a medication is colloidal silver. And silver is something you actually, if you needed to, you could make um, just by, I think you boil water. There's there, uh, we can find a, a link to that. But silver is one of those things that- I would that definitely say colloidal silver should be in your- 
kit. In your kit for sure. So, and that will help you with dental issues. And if you have dental issues, I mean, that could seriously kill you and make your life very uncomfortable. Uh, wound care, all things like that. So yeah. I think colloidal silver is definitely something important to add. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we did have, we had some people, I think in, in our um, event that talked a little bit about that. And I'm not familiar enough with it to uh, be an expert on it, but this is what we got from our, our medical folks who are good people, but you know, we all know that we have limited information in some of the mainstream stuff. So definitely good to think on anything. And, and, and it's, this is like everything else. Like, uh, what do you feel you should have yeah. in this category? We have a very good uh, friend and biological dentist who actually uses silver in his practice. And now they actually do uh, intravenous uh, mm. silver. So it actually can be uh, antiviral and it can cure certain diseases. So it's, it's awesome. an important thing to have in your kit. So <clears throat> I know we're, we're now really trying to you know, bring things to a close, but uh, fi final thoughts from you and then uh, Brandon want his final thoughts. Yeah, I, um, you know, and I, I spoke a little bit to this last time, and I, I did in a way at the beginning, but this this really is, I, I promise you that this is important. Um, it w and you can come at it whatever angle you want to come at it, depending on what you believe, what you think. Um, you know, I, I think that we're headed for times that uh, have long been prophesied. Um and I look forward to the things that are ahead with gladness, actually. I, I'm excited for the things ahead because I don't see the end of the world. I see the, the return of, of my Savior. And if you are prepared, you shall not fear. Yep. But, uh, but in the end, it really is, it, it, can be a, it can be a cool experience for you. Um, I'd say just to say it as basically as I can, if you really approach this thoughtfully or prayerfully and you just take it rather than a list, you, you take it maybe kind of, category at a time and you you think about it as a family you counsel together you think you know what what do we feel we should do and you take a step and just watch what happens and i said this a little bit before but watch the promptings watch the guidance happen for the next step it it was an amazing experience for our family and for our community and i promise it will be that for you um it, it really it really helps you to not have that fear and to see things ahead with uh like i said with with optimism I love it. I love it. Uh, Brandon, tell us, uh, <clears throat> tell us your final thoughts and then, uh, how do people find you? How do people get a hold of you? Um, I'm just happy to be a fan live. <laughs> so that was wonderful, Matt, everything you went over. I'm excited to learn more from you. Um, I loved everything we talked about. I think the I wish we would have talked about gardens because I'm a new gardener. Oh, next show, next I'm show. I'm a gardener. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. a rookie gardener, and I, I, for my sanity, just loving it. Grew up not liking it, right? My parents made me do it. Now I like it. And sometimes you just want someone to do something for you, like food storage. And I just want you to hand me a sheet and say, "This is exactly <laughs> what you do." But then there's other people that, no, they want to garden and learn that thing. Um, you're teaching some people with building a solar generator. I think that is awesome. I'm the guy you come to if you just want it handed to you yeah, on, on a whole home system. Or actually, if you just want to talk about, I want the two-hour solution, the one-day solution, one-week solution, one-month solution, the one-year solution, we would love to look at the whole thing. And again, we're whatever works best for you right now, 
we'll hook you up. So mintsolar.com, and that's M-Y-N-T, solar.com. Um, look us up, read our reviews. I, the reason we connected is because we're really good at solar stuff, but really bad at marketing. Like we have no sales in our bones. We're just contractors. And so glad we connected, but call us up. We're, there's no pushy salespeople trying to push anything on you. We'll just figure out what's best for you. And if we can help, great. And if we can't, hopefully we can point you in the right direction. That's the one nice thing about end of days. You don't have anyone calling you trying to sell you car warranties or anything. So <laughs> bring on end of days, right? Well, any thoughts? That's my thought. That's your thoughts. That's I like thought. it. I like it. I like it. Well, we live in amazing times. You know, we really do. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think in, in the end, the, we're, we're not here on accident, you know, for, you know, and I, and I love the direction you've gotten in your life, you know, to help you be prepared and help you lead others. And obviously, you know, you're calling to help people with uh, fuel power. And because uh, I think those, those things are essential. But, uh, you know, it is an incredible time, and, and it's one of the things that you don't have to bite it all off in, in one uh, big, you know, you don't have to eat the elephant all at once, but it is something that, uh, you know, start start putting stuff away, you know, just start you know, little by little. And I think the biggest thing is the spiritual guide people and what they need to be doing and when they need to do it because, you know, we were not sent here to fall or, or to fail. And I think if, if, we are, if, if we put our mind towards what should I be doing and start asking the questions within, uh, the answers come. It's, it's when we are afraid to ans- ask the question and we avoid it. When we pretend that this flood is not coming, that we will be caught in the flood. But as long as we're open to say, hey, I know the flood is coming, what should I do? The minute you ask the question, it allows the spirit to start to guide you. And I think the only way any of us will make it through what's coming is being guided. And I think we're also not meant to be here as consumers. I think in this present day, we are such a generation of consumers. We're not producers, we're not contributors. And I think this is a good mind shift that we need to obviously think about what we will consume, but what we can do to produce and contribute to our community, especially. Yeah. Awesome. Matt, thank you very much. You're thank a rock you. star. Any way, uh, how should people get a hold of you if they have questions? Um, you know, or, I, I give people my phone number and my email address and everything. I, I, I get which we stuff put in the show day. notes. Um, <laughs> you're so, you're so, you need social media? There's a, yeah, there's a social media link where we have a, uh, a page that just kind of has all the resources and people can ask questions there too. Um, but uh, if people come asking, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give them all my personal information. You're awesome. they need. If You're there are awesome. any questions, you can put it in the comments section. There you go. That's there you true. go. There you go. Brandon, you're a rock star. Thanks for having me. You guys yeah. are rock stars. <laughs> no, we can't do it without you. And uh, thank you for coming on and thank you for all you do. And, and we're going to keep doing these types of shows. It's, this is important. You know, I think the last few times we've had you on, we've had, you know, more of the 36,000 square foot view. I think now as we get more granular, I think the micro perspective is important. And if to our, to our list, listeners and viewers, obviously, you know, we can't do this without you guys. So please like, uh, share, subscribe. But, but if you have questions on other things you'd like us to dig in, uh, put it in the show notes or, or put comments. it in the, in the comments. Put it in the comments. And Yep. What's that? Gardening. 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 Yeah. And, and, and we'll, and we'll do our next one. And there are shows we've done simply because of comments and questions we've yes. gotten. So we will, Absolutely. we do try to be responsive and uh, yeah, it's amazing time to be alive. So let's wrap it up. God bless you all. God bless America and God bless Utah. <laughs>